Tiny Trenders, welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined once again by... Hello, my name is Isabel, and... This is Agnes. Uh, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about critiques we have towards the shoujo storyline. We've already done it for uh, the shonen storyline, and so it's only fair for us to cover the other side of the coin as well. But before we go any further, um, I do want to take a small notice to give a shout out to my friend Shauna. If any of you guys like the our Girl Taku logo for our podcast, you're going to have to thank her. She's one of my best friends ever that I met in college, and she um, designed the logo for us. So, um, and also she's a huge fan. <laughs> but yes, uh, with that in mind, um, I picked on you, Isabel, last time for critiques on the shonen genre because you clearly have a preference for um, that those sort of storylines. But now I have to flip the coin um, and ask you once more, um, first of all, out of curiosity, do you like shoujo stories as a whole? Um. Yes, I do like shoujo stories, stories as a whole, and uh, but we're here to critique shoujo anime. Right, um, so I was really curious because, um, I mean, not trying to pit one against the other, but sometimes people who prefer shonen kind of don't like the shoujo storyline as well as much, and vice versa. So I was really curious if you were one of those who prefer, clearly, like, preferred one over the other or you liked both of them but it sounded like you like both of them so um I guess with that in mind even though you like both of them um for shoujo today what would you say your biggest critiques are yeah I think it might stem from the fact that I do um probably watch more shonen than shoujo um but then again I feel like there's like shoujo anime are so short in a sense that you know whereas shonen can go on and on and on forever um and the shoujo anime are much shorter. Um, so that's kind of one of the critiques I have. Like the, the shorter stories, um, Fruits Basket maybe is, um, you know, one of the more recent ones that has had multiple seasons. Mm-hmm, right. Um, but for the shows I love, like maybe um, Yona of the Dawn, for example, I wish that had more seasons, um, stuff like that. So I we usually... We can only pray. Yeah, I can only pray. <laughs> we can only I can, pray. <laughs> can only wait for, you know, more or just a dream on and um, wait for... Uh, newer things um but you know they're short and sweet as well but it really depends uh the other thing is that shoujo anime tend to focus on romance a lot um that's my other thing romance is a genre in itself but for some reason shoujo anime always focus on that and i also want to know your thoughts as well gracie because you also watch roots back and i know you watch a ton of shoujo anime i'm not sure if you prefer shoujo anime but um do you agree that most of them are also romance series or do you have any i don't know i i definitely think um romance kind of is a requirement to be in shoujo so um i guess i should clarify once more so similar to uh the shonen uh manga um, sh- shoujo is once again not so much a genre, but referring to manga that comes from a magazine um, called Shoujo, which means for young women slash uh, young girls. And um, specifically, it's kind of similar how like shonen, it's almost like you expect the storyline to be 
more action slash adventure. Um, shoujo, there's an automatic sort of, or not clarification, but automatic um, specification of having to do with romance and stuff like that. So I definitely th agree with you in that um, it is, it can be a little upsetting that only specifically shoujo is where the bulk of the romance is when um, and this ties easily to my original critique of the shonen uh, genres, which is um, mm -hmm. the fact that you even genderify the types of genres. Like, even though, yes, um, you know, more females tend to enjoy romance stories, but that that doesn't mean that romance stories are specifically for girls. It should be for everyone. Um but I won't, I won't repeat that critique because I've already gone into it completely in regards to the idea, um, the idea of genderifying genres and um, the shonen episode. For me personally, um, with the romance being the main theme slash heart of all the stories that come out of it, my two biggest critiques, my first one is the unnecessary love triangles that they really, really like to add in. Mm, yeah yeah and the reason why is um first of all i'm not a fan of love triangles i have to be honest but then second of all the biggest thing for me is you know who the winner is like it's it's not even a mystery of that person might have a chance of winning that guy might have a chance of winning it, it's literally like you know this guy is going to be the winner and it just kind of confuses me with um why they even add in a love rival in the first place because I don't know like to me it's like to me it's just unnecessary drama that they're really trying to milk in but there's no suspense or point to the plot because you know what the result is going to be and it just feels like extra space taken so that's probably like one of my biggest critiques of a common like shoujo uh characterization that shows up i don't know what what you guys think about that i think it's a pretty good point because a lot of the times where it's like the romance love triangle it's between like the girl the new cool mysterious guy and like her one childhood friend that hasn't wasn't even mentioned from the beginning he was kind of like he just appeared like halfway through the series just to cause suspense and we all know that like, the childhood friend never actually gets together with the main girl he ends up like marrying her best friend or something right and i think like my biggest thing is that the fact that they never really have in the shoujo where the main character delineates her relationship clearly with the childhood friend and tell him like i'm not interested in you we we've known each other like all our lives but we're now going like two separate paths it is better if we like part ways like that is more like uh, like a coming of age or like a more mature way of handling it from like a shoujo genre but they really don't like to capitalize on that they just like to capitalize the fact that oh look the two of them are kissing but oh no wait the new male MC just like walked in and saw them kissing oh my what's going to happen next nothing and nothing's going to happen yeah nothing really happened <laughs> <laughs> it's not like and a good example of this that's like anti-shoujo is like Toradora right mm. where you, there's clearly a love triangle and the girls actually have a cat fight over it, right? And eventually kind of resolve their differences because they're also two different people who don't like each other in general. But in shoujo's, you don't really have that kind of confrontation where like the male MC 
and the childhood friend like squares up and they're being like what do you have to offer to her like what can how can you make i don't like i don't even care for that like i oh you don't care for that no i don't even care for that because to me once again it's so clear who the winner is it's just like there is no point to this plot. I can literally take scissors and snip it out and like reconnect the two and nothing changes. No one develops mm, further yeah. from this whole Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no development for either of the characters at all. Yeah. With all of this unnecessary drama. Yeah. And so it just okay. feels like a cheap manufacturing of trying to fill in time it's like it's like the fillers of like we we were talking about like the fillers of like shonen anime but it's worse because these fillers are actually part of the plot so they're not fillers but they feel like fillers i don't know that's what it's like for me it's a formula that they all use time and time again right which is just really sad right and it's a formula i i don't like and or a formula i don't really appreciate because i just think it's lazy writing in my opinion when you have to add that that in. is completely fair um, yeah but isabel what were you gonna say i cut you off i'm sorry oh no i I've, i almost forgot but no i just want to ask what do you think about writing where it includes like misunderstandings because i feel like a lot of the shows will have misunderstandings between the main character and uh the main lead where you know the They'll think one thing, and then the other person will think one thing, and it's, it's really just uh, if they if they you know communicate their feelings properly or something, it might have been resolved. But I feel like that is also a formula or the basis of many romance shows out there. So I have more that where that particular characteristic is a little more complicated for me because while I certainly get very annoyed with it. Because I am a very direct person. Um, when I was in my past relationships, um, whenever there's a problem, like I, I don't wait in regards to talking to uh, my ex about uh, my exes on the issues. But the thing is, I do always have to have to take in cultural um, aspects when um, digesting any sort of stories and. Uh, the Japanese people are very, very indirect in the way they talk. And so, um, and, and I, once again, I room with, um, I room with um, someone who is Japanese who can attest to the fact that uh, Japanese culture is very indirect talking versus Western cultures are more direct speaking. And so when that part is in the mix, it makes it a little more difficult because I can say that while it is part of the formula maybe it is actually a level of realism that we just don't really relate to because it might be something that's a lot more common in japan and it might not feel like manufactured Mm -hmm. drama at all it could very well be real drama to them back there and so um so it's like yes i do find it annoying but mixing in with the fact that there is a cultural element involved here it becomes a little less annoying than love triangles, which is actually quite prevalently used everywhere across the world, but results in the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it really does. I'm like trying to think of shows that always have love triangles or even the opposite. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about reverse harems. I usually stray away stray away from those or if i do watch it i don't feel any there's two okay one there's a lot of guys but two i don't feel attached to any of them i think this is also like you know with regards to character developments it's very very weak 
No, you're right. Harem animes, whether it is with all, like, you know, a bunch of female characters liking a male character or a bunch of male characters liking a female character, they all, they all fall into the same pitfalls, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. It's that their characters are incredibly flat and they're incredibly troped and there's nothing else to them. The only anime that really um, pulls it off is, um, is Baccarina or Katarina from... Um, uh, Gosh, my life as an ultimate villainess. Um, the um, oh. gosh, is that is that the full is that the full name? But yeah, it's like um, uh, or like she's avoiding her doom and she got reincarnated into the ultimate game as like the ultimate game's antagonist. That's the only one I feel like that pulls it off better, and that's because it's so self aware that all the harem members are essentially characters from a game that all fit into a trope. They like max it out to 11 to sort of like drive that (laughs) home. And so it becomes more of a parody than something to be taken seriously. But when it is taken seriously, you're right. It it falls into a pitfall of like, wow, these characters are really, really flat and it just don't generate any sort of interest because they're not complex. They're just here for the looks, you know, so. So would you say something that, like a very popular shoujo reverse harem, like a Katsuki no Yona or Yona of the Red Dawn, is the equivalent of that. Oh gosh, Yona's really different though. <laughs> Yona, Yona does so many things right that typical shoujo stories do wrong. The harem being one of them. Um, well, first of all, Shina doesn't really have romantic feelings towards her. He's more of like a brotherly sisterly relationship, and then Zeno. Um, doesn't either because he's um, that's a spoilers but um, considering he's actually immortal um, he's definitely like the oldest slash like guardian out of all of them despite him acting very childish he he very much feels guardianship towards them so there is those two so it's just Kija, uh, Jeha and Hawk and Solun ish but that's complicated so um but yona does things differently because those characters have more to them than just the core of liking yona you know what i mean like kija kija's crush on um yona is just very innocent and very middle school-esque crushing um but there's so much more to kija and and he like, he is a lot more than just being part of a harm member. Just like Jeha is so much more than just being a harm member. And that's ultimately the thing, is a harm can be successful if all the characters involved have direction and a core to them outside of just liking this particular girl or guy. And so, and I think uh, uh, Yona of the Dawn does that very, very well compared to a lot of other reverse harm um, stories where they don't do that and the guys are really all just here to fight over the girl so yeah yeah I kind of realized that especially with Yona having a such wider story scope in terms of like there's a big war that's happened well, war between multiple countries trying to encroach on like the five kingdoms you know a lot of these like suspicious trade along the routes like all the characters themselves can't have they can't embody a certain trope because there's something something so much bigger outside of that scope. Right. Versus like I feel like mm-hmm. in a lot of high school and you're right, a lot of like high school shojos and reverse harems, they're so 
dug it deep into their trope because there's nothing that changes their outlook on life or anything else around it. You just have an ordinary high school. You just have an ordinary job with like the CEO as like your love interest or whatever. Like it's very mundane. Yeah. It's not, it's not anything that is actually like realistic or something that's like life threatening that makes, that compels the characters to be more than what they are. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely it. I mean, but it's like, it's hard because for me, um, gosh, maybe you guys will disagree with me because it's like this heart, this reverse harm slash harm critique I have, like pertains to both ends of the spectrum. And so it becomes less like shoujo versus like, I feel like love triangles in particular is like a shoujo storyline thing. Like it just gets really, really, really overused specifically for shoujo manga and anime adaptions for of shoujo manga. Versus shonen, which, um, but then this could also be that the stories are changing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing my own train of thought in regards to this. Um, let's just move on to my second critique. I mean, you could you could say like really good series like Fruits Basket does well with the sort of like love triangle part almost because you have it between or or at least in the original show right the 2001 show of fruits basket it's kyo toru and yuki mm-hmm. they kind of do have a love triangle there and god forbid you know vampire night with zero <laughs> <laughs> as we bring this up once more um but i guess like those ones at least fruits basket did really well because they end up resolving the love triangle in a very different way. Oh, yeah. And they're all surprisingly very mature about it, which is really nice. But I guess when people read the shoujo genre, especially young girls, they're here for the tea. They're here for some thirst and for some gossip and have a good time, even if the storyline is really crappy, Mm, which is sad. I see your Mm -hmm. point. And it's like, it's difficult because I have to admit, I am... I don't like saying like I'm different from other girls. I I really don't like that mindset. <laughs> it's an e-girls kind of thing. I'm different from yeah, other I know, girls. and I don't like that mindset at all. But I like th- what I'm thinking is the, the even like the novels that uh, teenage girls really like to read um, in middle Twilight. school. I didn't like them, and I didn't like them for the reasons that you just said. But that was the reasons they liked them, and. Those sort of things just don't interest me because I'm always looking for complexities. And it's just like when when all the teenage girls were crazed about the Twilight series, including, um, you know, my good friends today, they were also all crazed about the Twilight series in middle school. Um, I had to ask them why, because I genuinely could not. I read the first book and I hated it and I didn't hate it for the sake of hating it, which I know a lot of people did do at the end. I I was reading it, trying to like it because all my friends liked it. And I just didn't because it felt so flat and the storyline, just all the characters felt so in their boxes and it just did not interest me. But my friends were gushing about like how they loved each other. Like, you know, that's so you know, that's so hot and that's so sweet. And like, you know, that's what I want. And I genuinely couldn't relate to that in middle school. And so, so maybe I'm just not cut out for it. I don't know, but I do love romance when it's written well. I really, really do. So, um, 
It could also be because a lot of these people who enter the shoujo genre are generally people who have not experienced like the full the full threshold of actually maintaining a relationship. Mm, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> it's like high school relationships, depending on the people, of course, but generally, or stereotypically, they're very unstable. A lot of people tend to like go for people who are they're the most attracted to, but it's not a stable relationship in terms of compatibility and long-term. You do have high school sweethearts. They do exist, but it's very rare it's not as common as you would like to think. So a lot of the people who come into the shoujo genre and reading it, they're just like, oh, I wish I had a relationship like that. But in reality, it's because we don't have, we didn't have anything like that during those teen phase. Mm. So it's just a fantasy. I see. No. That's just my take. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Isabel? No, yeah. When Grace was talking about Twilight and everything, I was like, I'm one of your friends. I'm the one who was like, Like, I know some people did. I genuinely read it to try to like it so I can talk about it and gush about it with my friends. And I just couldn't. So, Yeah, honestly, I can't remember why. Like, I've never gone back to read it, though. Like, I read it through <laughs> once and pretty much watched all the movies. <laughs> wow, trooper! We have a trooper here. <laughs> but, yeah, I think you know, to what Agnes said, like, um, I guess in the high school or middle school, you know, uh, I thought it would be nice to have a romance or have a boyfriend or something. So back then, I just, uh, this is the reason why I would watch shoujo too. It's kind of, I would put myself in the protagonist mm-hmm. or like, you know, like being like the school council president. I tried to join the student council. I, I really wasn't fit for it. But, you know, based on those <laughs> shows, I kind of put myself Wait, in Wait, was that because you were watching, like, uh, what is it? Kaicho um, Wame-sama. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But Usui is dreamy, though. I have to, like, yeah. even I have to admit to that. Like... Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. also a good example of a good shoujo. That's classic. Except when they right. added the love triangle. That Those were the episodes where I'm That's like, true. this is very mm-hmm. unnecessary. Like, I was fine with it up until the love triangle came in. So. That is very true. Yeah, that's the one pitfall of Phil too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was very unnecessary. I could have just gone with, you know, the two main characters just, you know, going at it with each other. So... It's kind of like what uh, I feel like as a younger girl, that's kind of like what I wish I had, like that drama in your life mm. instead of just, you know, going to school and doing homework and stuff. So, oh, my God, <laughs> man, those idle days of I don't want to do homework. I just want to be a drama. Then you do that when you're an adult. You're like, I don't want this drama. anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> guys because i was in a lot of drama in high school so that's why i wasn't looking oh, no! for it. <laughs> i wasn't interested in drama i just wanted to finish school and get out but also because i was part of like the anime nerd group so you have like no drama at all no, I, had, <laughs> I had a lot of drama it was more like i was i was essentially helping handling all of my middle school friends relationships with each other with other people oh my god like they always come to me for advice and stuff like that so that that actually might be why because my own like school life was actually had like an element of drama in it i wasn't looking for it when i watched these things so (laughs) that's really interesting yeah that all of our experiences on our own kind of contributes to how we view the shoujo genre Mm. and that it all kind of varies yeah no because i think 
I will admit, like, I've never romanticized romantic relationships. And I think it's actually because my friends who would go get into romantic relationships would always come to me with their problems. And so I became very, very aware of issues that would crop up in romantic relationships. And so when I watch romance that are just oh so perfect and romantic and like, you know, Prince Charming sort of thing. I immediately go, that's not realistic. And so, um, and I. We need mess. We need tears. We need breakups. No, no, no. We need, I just want, like, I just want actual realistic topics to be discussed. Okay, so that actually leads into my second critique. Um, okay. Which is, I wished shoujo anime slash stories uh, would go into um, more serious topics that, um, happens in a relationship so a good example of one actually is uh black prince and wolf girl i know that is an anime that actually a lot of people didn't like in the beginning of the relationship is kind of questionable but it did pique my interest enough for me to read the manga because um i'm a sucker for tsundere guys and so <laughs> i'm also a sucker for tsundere people as a whole a lot of my friends are tsundere's so Anyway, I have a type. <laughs> but uh, specifically, um, since Kiyoya was a Cinderay guy, um, I was really curious. And so, because you usually see Cinderay girls in shoujo stories, not guys. And so, um, so I read the manga. And actually, I ended up really liking the manga. Because once they settled into a serious, stable relationship... They went through very realistic highs, like ups and downs in regards to it. One thing that really, that made me happy and really surprised me was they discussed sex, like the couple. Um, They won, like, they did the stereotypical winning a ticket to, like, a trip to the hot springs and it's just the two of them sort of thing. But um, the result of that trip actually wasn't romantic at all. In fact, their relationship was kind of frazzled because the girl, Erica, um, sort of felt like this was the moment that, you know, they could take the next step in their relationship. They were going to have sex. They were going to have, like, physical and emotional intimacy, stuff like that. And Kyoya basically kind of gave her the cold shoulder and acted like, it's not a big deal and there's nothing different and like went to bed and like would even talk to her and stuff like that. And so it ended on a sour note and essentially the two later were talking with their own group of friends and realized that they screwed up. And so they, they decided to talk to each other and, um, and Erica went first and she was like, did I do something wrong? And he was shocked because he doesn't know what she's even talking about. And so, and she thought that essentially she was not physically attractive to him. And that's why it seemed like he didn't care at all at the idea of even having sex and stuff like that. And he interrupted her and he was like, no, like seriously, like stop, stop. Like I I need to talk before you do sort of thing. And he was like, and he admitted, he was like, I ran away because I got scared and she was really surprised by that fact. And she was like, Kelia, I, I like, I know this isn't like you've had sex before. And he was like, it doesn't matter because those few times before were with girls that I essentially didn't care about. It was just sex. And that was it. And he's like this, like doing it with you will be the first time that it means something more. And it means like another level of emotional intimacy that he's never felt before. And he got scared. And he sort of ran away. And that's why he was giving her the cold shoulder and stuff like that. And that was such a mature conversation, but also 
a really necessary one because let's be honest here. Teenagers are really horny. Okay, like, (laughs) like they are, they're going to be thinking about sex. And it makes total sense for a teenager couple to have been together for several months. I think it was like half a year at that point for the two of them to start thinking about that. And shoujo romance stories tend to shy away from all these more serious topics and be like, it's so completely innocent, you know, hand holding, oh, bubbles. And, you know, (laughs) the first kiss, oh, the lighting and the bubbles and stuff like that. But it's like, no, that's not what... Well, that's not actually how these high school relationships are. High school relationships are a lot more. It's about making out and it's about being interested in sexual activities and it's about a lot more. And so um, I wish that shoujo stories would do that to sort of give that complete picture of this is what relationships are like and it's okay for you to be interested in sex with your significant other. That is a completely understandable, normal thing. And so, um, and I understand that some people think sex is, should only be, uh, you know, should only be reserved for, I don't know, more adult stories. But I don't necessarily agree with that, especially once again, it's teenagers who are really the horny ones. So if anything, it should be like stories regarding teenagers that they discuss this about. Um, but that's like my second critique slash opinion on the matter. I don't know. <laughs> that's a really good point that you made that they, that, and I'm really glad that the manga was able to touch up on the fact that they could actually talk about these mature storylines because at some point the shoujo genre does get a bit formulated with the way that they approach a lot of the situations rather than them just talking about it and being mature about their relationship even if the relationship is about to come to an end and i think that really ties into my like second critique about the shoujo genre that there's not a lot of stories that talk about the more mature things or the coming of age Mm -hmm. it's really rare to see a very well executed shoujo of the coming of age where the characters realize that they can still they can be interested in sex doing more than kissing, uh, attending, like, you know, public places with other people and taking it to the next level that's beyond, like, their high school scope. Um, shows that did do this pretty well are much older shoujo shows, like uh, Lovely Complex, oh, that's Nana, a good one. or <laughs> Kimi ni Todoke. Kimi ni Todoke is, like, long, 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 long. But eventually they reach to a point where, like, they graduate high school, they have ambitions that they want to do, but they're still interested in each other and they talk about these things. So that's what I really like about those shows. But you're right. Most shows don't talk about these things. They like to focus on the cute and the angsty that makes everyone go, oh, la la, drama. You know, like, they're like, super like interested. Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles, sparks flying, you know, dark tone backgrounds. <laughs> It's so iconic a shoujo. <laughs> no, exactly. It is like, and, and I just feel like it brings a level of depth to the relationship. And it, at least for me, it immediately makes me more invested in the couple. Um, this isn't a shoujo, but Kaguya-sama actually like does make the guys horny, you know, and make the girls also <laughs> curious about sexual stuff. And I'm and I'm like, yes, they should be. They're in high school. Of course they are. So it makes sense for them to be like this. 
That reminds me of that episode in Kaguya where they're pl- they're playing like the game of life. Oh my god! And I w- and who was it? I think it was like Kaguya kept pulling like the baby card, yeah. and she's already like so horny up until this point that she just like babies. <laughs> it's just hilarious to watch. Um, oh no, her, no, like, it was Shiro Shiro Gane kept having kids, and he kept getting more. <laughs> <horror. laughs> oh, oh yeah, and then um, and then Kaguya kept getting rich. Yeah. She kept getting richer and richer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so Kaguya-sama actually touches on it in a very comical manner, but that's fine, too, if it's comical, because it's like, when you're a teenager, things are really messy. Like, hormones makes things really, really messy. My coworker, um, he, he's talked to me about how, like, when guys are teenagers, like, they can actually be really disgusting, because it was like, anything can potentially turn them on. It's just their hormones are so, like, crazed. And so it's just like when they try to make things so pure for these sort of romance in high schools, I'm just like, it's not like that. Like, please stop giving that to me. Like, please give me like actual relationships that I can feel invested in and feel like I'm on a journey on with them because this doesn't feel like a journey. This feels like a very light fairy tale that's not too fairy tale esque. And then, but doesn't go deep enough into an actual relationship. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my... So... Yeah, go on. So, in addition to all that, because we talk about how, like, a lot of these shoujo stories aren't, like, realistic with all the bubbles and the cuteness and the drama, right? So, what do you think about Ore Monogatari, my love story, where it's a story about a young, very pure girl who gets together with, like, this big ape gorilla kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the best way I can explain it. You can look it up yourself. It's a great show, but I kind of want to ask, like, what are your thoughts of that as a shoujo? Does it fall into any of the pitfalls that we discussed about how it's too pure, that it's wholesome, but it's not realistic? Gosh, I, uh, I actually really liked Ore Monogatari. Right. That's why I asked the hard questions, because yeah. these are good shows. Um, do you want to go first? Isabel Law, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. Talk about it. I mean... I think the reason why the show is so interesting is also because of that difference. Like she's a super tiny girl and he's just like, you know, this macho guy and, and he really has no experience. So I think this is, I feel like most of the guys might, you know, relate to this and it feels more of a little bit more geared towards the guys I feel like in high school, maybe um, because he's the main character too. And then uh, kind of having that uh, background or like, you know, ha- liking a, a cute girl or something and then kind of figure out what to do in a relationship how to hold her hand like these basic things that they focus on um i think kind of make it different from other shows i like how you highlighted uh lovely complex in a way it's the same thing where you know the height difference where the girl is taller than the guy and how is this relationship going to work out so i think that that you know difference uh kind of pulls it away from other shoujo anime and that's why we um pretty much like it and it's how wholesome it is and how cute it is really I see. Okay, so it's it's realism in the sense that both parties actually don't know what to do with mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. So it's like Kimi ni Todoke, where this is like their first relationship. They've never fallen in love with anybody. They've only seen like shoujo things like holding hands and kissing in movies. Yeah. But they really don't know how to execute it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's less like horny on main. I think another thing that's really important for Ore and Monogatari is, uh, once again, I'm a character development sort of person. The two of them being in a relationship, they develop as people past just gaining confidence. 
you know, because that tends to be the extent of the development usually in shoujo stories is the girl is not confident and after she got the guy, she starts developing confidence and that's it. And that's boring and predictable Mm -hmm. and you can't, I'm sorry, but you can gain confidence outside of just the boyfriend. <laughs> like, there's a lot of ways to do that. But with Ore Monogatari, the two of them also were d- maturing, developing in other ways past just confidence. And I think that adds more flavor to the story. On top of the fact that, like Isabel said, is it, it is still a different type of story because he's huge and she's um, she's really small. And more specifically, he's not considered... Um, handsome or someone you'd want to date mm. you know like right, honestly right. like even if like we look at his picture right now we wouldn't look at him and be like oh he's hot or oh i wish he was my boyfriend or something like that we're just like oh you know that's that's a character and that's interesting but the fact that they made him be the main love interest or the main character and the love interest because uh, the girl really really likes him and so that that's so pure about yeah it. and so that immediately like sparks it a little more you know what i mean yeah no that makes sense yeah completely so agnes i know you said like oh i guess we shared one of our critiques or one of our critiques are quite similar to each other in regards to shoujo um what is um some of your other ones then that we haven't discussed Mm, i guess like the the other one kind of ties in with all the rest of what i was talking about where the main characters are very dependent on their relationship like you said to like gain confidence and to do the things that they want when really like you can harbor those types of feelings without being in a relationship you look at non-shoujo series like a place further than this universe none of the girls need a boyfriend to show that they have confidence but they get inspiration by watching other people and saying i can do this myself anything is possible right um, in shoujo series, the main characters t- tend to be way too dependent on the male character or her immediate surroundings versus like shoujos that take place in a more fantasy setting like uh, Villainous or like Yona of the Dawn or like Shiraiki Hime. Yeah. They have, I feel like there's so much more of a free realm for them to do what they want. You've been, you just start naming off all these great ones. I'm like, yes, that's yeah, it's like- one. <laughs> everyone you name it was like should I you can like oh yes she's 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 boss I bow to her <laughs> so mm-hmm. all the females in Shiraiki it's like it's like it's like talk about full metal alchemist all over again all the females are great <laughs> in both shows uh, I like Shiraiki the most because like it's kind of soft mm-hmm. but it shows like all the women's all have their own goals and dreams and that they aren't afraid to be the person that they are whether they're more feminine or not as feminine and they're not constrained by their male relationships and in fact actually most of their their partners or would be ship partners because some of them don't actually end up in a formal relationship support them and it's really nice to watch versus shoujo's has this really weird tendency where the female main character is like very submissive and it's kind of like the male character who has to give her the directive of like, be confident, I believe in you. And then all of a sudden she does like a 180 like Cinderella. And it's just really weird. <laughs> what about, um, then what about the flip side? Like Kaisho wa Maid-sama, you know, Misaki. Well, once again, that one is actually enjoyable until the love triangle. But that one was actually enjoyable. Um, but like there are other uh, shoujo stories where the girl is like, 
like I am confident. I don't need no man. You know, sort of stories. Like, what did you? What do you think mm-hmm. of those? For those that are more centered in the shoujo genre, I feel like it's handled better. It might be because it's written by female writers potentially because it is catered to a female audience so who doesn't know anyone better than a female who's gone through that teen phase who kind of aspires for somebody that says like i want i am already confident i am ambitious i am i have stable goals that are attainable kind of thing so it's definitely workable and it feels like it gives more of like a role model for young girls but the flip side is that most young girls at this age they don't care they are, like I said, they're horny on main. They're really just here for the romance, the tea, the gossip, and the all the fluffy romantic things that lead to like the passionate sex scene at the end. Which is disappointing because a lot of young girls at this age can be very misguided in these shoujo genres. And I've seen a I've seen interacted with a lot of these people online especially these are like people who maybe like in their 20s or 30s they still have that weird delusional mindset of being of somebody who's like stuck in an otome world and wanting to be in all this toxicity and drama and this tea and i'm just like no homegirl you can like you can evolve past that you can be the ambitious charismatic woman that you want to be or a person that you want to be in this case if you're if you consider yourself non-binary but it, the shoujo genre just saturates itself so much in these tropes that you can't really get out of it. You have those gems that shine out, like Kaicho Well Made Summer. But at the end of the day, it's like the harem genre for the males. It will always get saturated by something else. So that's, that leads me to, me to my next question. Is it wrong to pander to um, sort of like the teenage girl's fantasy? Like, like I... I am genuinely asking now, like Isabel, you know, like you liked you liked Twilight when you read the book. Not trying to shame you, obviously. Um, <laughs> like you liked it. Like, is that wrong? You know, for books and stories to exist to pander to that fantasy? Because I agree with the fact that it can potentially be dangerous. But as we've actually witnessed, the majority of people who like Twilight have have grown out of it. You know, they reach adulthood and they look back and they're like. Like, wow, like, I really, I really like that, even though I think the story is trash now. Like, I, I don't even understand why I like it. So in the end, like, is it bad? Like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I personally don't think it's bad. Like I said, when I was younger back then, I probably really liked those types of things. I, you know, read stories or watch uh, shows that included a lot of drama. And romance still continues to be one of the most popular, uh, you know, things that people write about, um, people think about as well. And, you know, it's the influence behind many, many shows. So I don't think it's wrong at all, uh, you know, to cater towards that because it's kind of like a dreamlike state, you know. At the end of the day, it's kind of entertainment also. So, you know, if you're just looking for that, then, you know, that's for me, that's completely, completely fine. So when when to you, Isabel, would you say it becomes dangerous, like Agnes was saying, like where it becomes too misleading and like potentially I think when you maybe when you start applying it to real life and it doesn't seem to be working out or something um taking those um, you know having unrealistic expectations that you might have seen in a show and uh trying to make that happen or you know instigating a drama because you want this to wait you know Uh, you want it to play out that way or something yeah you know that's just a lot of things that you kind of grow out of I feel like when you grow older 
um, I feel like, yeah, most of my friends that, you know, that had, might've had relationship dramas, they're kind of tired of it. Um, and I feel like the people around them would be tired of it too. And, and you know, you can only do that for so long. Um, so that's kind of when, you know, you're kind of uh, destroying yourself in a sense, and then also uh, not being a good influence on others as well. So I think when you affect yourself and the other people around you, then it's not so great. That makes sense. And I mm-hmm. uh, do you know anyone who instigated drama? Now I'm curious. <laughs> not really, but no, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely have some friends who you know have been in that, and I and I just see them going through a cycle like over and over again. And I tell them, you know, this isn't you know, this isn't healthy for you. And but I don't know what to say to them. And you know, sometimes they keep going back in it. You know. Some yeah, and they don't ideas. listen to you sometimes, and sometimes they get upset with you, even though you're trying to help them. <laughs> yeah, so that's the hardest part. Some, you know, at some point, sometimes I'm just like, "All right, you have to go learn yourself," and I'm sorry, I tried. <laughs> so, but that's kind of just the person I am. Uh, but I really, really, you know, want them to get out of that cycle um, because it does happen most of the times. It depends on who you're with, and um, definitely who your friends might be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Agnes, I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you'd be the type of person to just cut cut it off and be like, "You're being stupid. Stop being stupid. If you can't be, if you can't stop being stupid, like I believe, <laughs> I don't know. That's like the vibe I get from you. You know, I always think of that in my head. Like the moment somebody comes to me in my romance problem, I'm already like, "Wait, you can just literally just leave the relationship. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> but then in my head, but then my angel side's like, but you have to be empathetic. You're not empathetic, so you have to try. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine, fine. breathe. <laughs> I'm like, okay, homegirl, I understand what you're going through. I get it. It's hard, but you gotta do it. <laughs> like, I still have that to give it to them straight. That reminds me of that video, like that compilation video again um, of like the MBTIs. We always bring that oh, no. back in. But I, no, but the ISTP one literally was like, you know, wait. You're coming to me with with romance problems. What if I don't want to hear it? <laughs> so just... oh. I usually the people that I care about, I'll be like, I will sit through their romance problems and try to help them figure it out because I do care about their well being. But if it's anybody else, I'm just like, that's your problem. That's not mine. Goodbye. <laughs> like people, like I don't. This is why I don't involve myself in clique drama in university in high school. That's not my problem. That's your headache, and I don't want that headache at all. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Hasta la vista. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's literally like, you know, when you're in a group chat with people, and the moment you see drama, you leave the group chat, and it's like, Agnes has left the group chat. That's literally me. That's <laughs> you. Um, I will say, though, kind of similar to uh, what we discussed in the Shonen episode, I think shoujo stories are changing, actually. Um, there's a lot of new shoujo, uh, manga stories that, uh, so my roommate really likes to read them, um, just to pass time and stuff. It's, it's just entertainment for her, but she suggested me, uh, she suggested some of them for me and they're all fairly new, uh, manga stories and they're all very mature and they add in that extra element that I've sort of always been wanting to look for. And also, um, for example, I lo- Fruits Basket is a very successful shoujo story that is very, very deep and philosophical on top of that. But um, one thing I had noted in my review that made um, Fruits Basket different in how they developed the romance is that the characters are developing outside of just the romance itself. And so, um, which I know, Agnes, you also touched on upon on, in regards to character development 
in shoujo stories and specifically that element of characters developing outside of just the romance is starting to happen more now in um these newer shoujo stories and so um and so i think kind of like how the shonen story stories are changing and breaking away from very generic tropes that we were critiquing on the shoujos have also been doing it slowly Unfortunately, we just haven't been able to see an anime because I don't know if you two have noticed, but there hasn't been many shoujo anime adaptions in a long, long time. Fruits Basket being a very special one because it's a remake of a classic. But like think about in like the last five years in regards to like like, you know, just brand new shoujo mm-hmm. anime adaptations. Like I genuinely can't really think of a lot even though we've had a lot of shonen anime adaptations. Shonen, I feel like it's more applicable because it's not... We did talk about it in the last shonen critique that is very male-centric, but a lot of the action and the comedy and the adventure part, I think, sparks in a lot of people regardless of gender. Versus when someone hears shoujo, they immediately think romance and girls' story. That is something I don't, oh. I'm not interested in reading. So it kind of creates like this red tape, not red tape, but like this barred off line that you can't quite touch upon and that only girls will understand it, which is kind of pathetic. <laughs> now that I think, now that I say it. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of why I guess like the reason why shoujo is not as marketed in anime because they know like it won't touch as many people. Surprisingly, there's a huge fan fan base on like Tumblr, underground websites and things like that for shoujos and fan fictions. There's like a ton of them. They just haven't touched tapped into that market, but they tap more into the market of the shoujo, which is much more versatile between, between the genders or any gender really. And just providing that sense of, amazement rather than like deep emotional connections in a relationship but, and that's the thing like but the thing is these shoujo stories shouldn't be just for girls at all they can't they they should reach both genders and i think the well-written ones absolutely do um because oh they you do know yeah. the dawn I... is loved by both male watchers and female watchers the same way yeah. that fruits basket yep. there's a very healthy male fan base of People even in our community who writes a lot of support for it. And so it sucks that anime isn't willing to make that investment then because they think it just won't draw them in. Because I think they absolutely will if they choose the right stories. So Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just really dependent on what kind of story you or what kind of view. Do you want the trashy shoujo genre that will draw people in like flies? Kind of like how they did with Twilight or like Vampire Night, which makes a lot of money. (laughs) Or would you rather have something where it attracts, it may attract a smaller group initially, but it's much more applicable to anybody, right? So it just really depends on what the market and the producers and the directors want to do. And you're right, the shoujo, and I feel like with the internet, there's a bigger spread on what different perspectives of romance are and the writers themselves mangakas and light novel authors become more exposed to that which i think is why we're suddenly having like a gradual shift away from the typical shoujo romance that we've seen even though there's already great examples that existed out there prior to this like nana where it's very complicating and things like that Uh, isabel your thoughts on the matter (laughs) 
I'm just trying to think of what I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of the shows. Like when I looked at lists and stuff, you know, for this podcast and everything, I couldn't really find like very recent anime, yeah. which is kind of sad. Yeah. A lot of them are very, you know, classics and uh, things you've easily seen before. Uh, slice of life shows and stuff like that so even yona of the dawn and shia yuki hime has it's been a while it's been you know while. like it's been several years mm-hmm. so um time goes by fast huh? yeah no but it's <laughs> it like it's really nowhere does. close to the season by season of new shonen anime adaptations you know oh yeah for sure and it's just like it sucks because i think there's a lot of untapped potential there especially with the changes ongoing within the shoujo storyline to be more like Fruits Basket or Yona of the Dawn or Shirayuki Hime. Like, it's there. It's just they aren't willing to make the investment in it. So I guess that's upsetting. (laughs) Not really a critique, but, you know, (laughs) upsetting. So So in this case, now that we're talking about a new gradual shift of the shoujo genre, what it represents – what series would you, or maybe this is too much of a popcorn question, a fantasy popcorn question. What series from manga, light novel, or novel would you want to see, if that's shoujo, would you want to see like on an anime screen adaptation that would actually be something that we're interested in watching because they talk about these topics? Because you mentioned a couple of them, Gracie, that you've been reading and that you really liked. Okay, so the first one that comes to mind for me is... um gosh I'm so bad with titles I I genuinely I cannot remember titles but the storyline is like the main character he works at a flower shop because um that's he he lost his dad um the dad didn't abandon them the dad um unfortunately died and so he um owns he helps uh his family's uh flower store to support his mom and support himself and he's really really socially awkward and um and his eyes are really thin, so when he tries to awkwardly smile, he looks really creepy. It looks like a grim reaper. And so, um, but he actually, like, he literally starts off the story already dating another girl. And the girl um, really likes him. And it's so cute and honestly very romantic, but also... Um, you know, very real in regards to how their relationship proceeds forward and um, what they talk about and what they discuss. And so, like, he meets her family, and um, there's this really cute bit where um, he's, like, not doing too well with the, his girlfriend's dad because he smile, he's, um, he's nervous, so he's smiling really creepily. Oh. Um, and his girlfriend's older brother was like, okay, like, look at her and smile. And then he smiles and he's like the cutest, like, chibi smile in the world, like little flowers and everything around him. And then, um, and then the older brother's like, okay, now look at me and smile. And then when he smiles at him, it's that creepy, like, grim reaper grin. And, um, and the older brother's like, you have two different smiles. (laughs) And so, um, it's just really cute. But like I said, it's very mature and it actually yes they do have sex and they talk about sex and it goes into that sort of thing that i really want to find in um shoujo relationships the more the more mundane thing the less the less drama like starting instigating thing but the more problems that real life couples face like what if we have to do long distance or what if our goals in life isn't the same like those sort of things and so that would be one I would really, really love to see animated. But 
Um, unfortunately, my roommate told me that it is very unlikely it'll ever get animated because for some reason, anime has something against shoujo storylines where sex is more of a common thing that happens. So, ah. Uh... Broadcasting. Even rights. though okay. the sex is very consensual, A, and B, not explicit at all. It's it's just a thing they do because they're in a serious relationship. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of them. Anything from you, Isabel? I'm trying to think. I, I'm looking forward to Horror Mia. I'm glad that is being Yeah. Um, I really like that one because, you know, the two, I mean, it's definitely a high school story, but I feel like the characters are really interesting in that they kind of lead their own secret lives and very are going to find out about each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very relatable as we all hide our otakuness oh, <laughs> from I, the I real was, world. I was, in a, I was a closeted otaku until like, oh God, I think I kind of am still. <laughs> oh, you are still. You know what? We have our different degrees of how we hide it when we're at work or we're with different social groups. Yeah. So that's still relatable. <laughs> um, but yes, Horror Mia is airing. Um, but uh, continue, Isabel. <laughs> no, yeah, I really can't think of any series that like you know have hasn't had an adaptation that I want. Mostly because I don't read uh, shoujo manga as much, so uh, okay. that's why I kind of don't know. That's but, very yeah, fair. That's, um, that's very fair. I would like something like Horimiya, or also um, I don't know if you guys saw Orange. I think that's also shojo. Oh, Orange! Good. That's a good one too. Good, yes. In that, uh, it's a little bit of magical realism, right? Um, but hmm. I do like that they talked about deeper topics such as like suicide and stuff like that. So I think more of those because I feel like mental health is also one of the things um, that's going to be more apparent in this world. So I think more you know deeper topics like that. Maybe romance will take maybe it's you know a side. We'll take a step aside, but I think those types of th- our shows are what I would like to watch. Maybe because I'm older, but yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I think this episode would have gone a lot different if we were still um, in high school or even college. Oh, honestly. yeah. Yeah. Because working mm-hmm. also changes things. And, you know, seeing your friends get into serious relationships that end in marriage, like you see especially if they're close friends, like you, you really know, like the struggles couples go through to make it work and stuff. And so we are sort of more inundated with realism now as like more mature people. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I think, yeah, I would like to see more, I I guess, Jose uh, manga adapted because, you know, that's that's kind of where we are now in in our lives. Um, But yeah, Agnes, did you have any of that uh, you wanted to see? I know you read, read a lot of manga, right? Oh god, <laughs> I think I've kind of grown out my shoujo face too, so I read more Jose now because I'm also working. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what, but there is... Oh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, 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 ask your question Oh, first. I was going to be like, um, or you can name a Jose anime you'd like to see animated, but um, it sounds like you have one. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good, and they, they touch upon so many different topics, like child-rearing, uh, even in families that aren't blood-related, um, talking about things like work, managing social life, and your own secret lives kind of thing, oh, yes. which is super more complex than, like, I am a high schooler, and I have a secret. I'm a webcam girl or something like that. <laughs> um, but in terms of shoujo shows, I really want to see. There was this one really... I don't know if this will never become a, an anime adaptation, but it's really cute. It's called Otonari Complex. 
about two childhood friends that grew up and they kind of did like a cross-dressing thing when they were younger. And they're always uh, mistaken as the opposite gender. So the female is often mistaken as male gender and the male is generally a bit more feminine looking. And a lot of the series grew up from like their high school up until like college where they eventually like get together. But they had to like struggle through a lot of hoops of like figuring out like their identity, what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Because that is also a very real thing in high school drama is that most of these kids are very insecure. The world is very uncertain and they need to kind of find a balance for themselves and figure out like, what am I, what can I do right? What am I good at? And am I okay being that kind of person? And so Otonari Complex goes through that entire journey of like finding like self-confidence in other people, but also within yourself, which I think is really important that more shoujos incorporate these. That sounds like a complex story. And <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. It's really, it's actually not too long. It's like 39 chapters. So it's a quick read, oh, nice. but it's very nice. And I wish like either that series or another series like similar to that would get animated. That sounds really exciting. I would totally watch that, honestly. I really would. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's right up my alleyway. Like, that's the sort of things I go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, say. give me all the rich character development and inner complexes that are realistic. Or give me the really mundane, um, simple romance life. You know, like, the, I am okay. Because, you know, like, you were saying the pure thing. Like, I think another thing was that it was simple, and that's fine, too, because a lot of relationships, the happier moments are the simple moments, you know, so. They are. That's true, yeah. yeah. So I think that's, like, another, to answer your Orimonogatari question again from who knows how long ago. <laughs> um, I think that's another thing on why that one worked was the... Honestly, yeah, it wasn't actually drama. It was simple things in their relationship as they learn and grow as people, and that's exactly what relationships should do so yeah um yeah well i think that honestly ties up our comments about the shoujo story types and um i always want to say genre bad gracie stop saying genre <laughs> but like this uh, shoujo story types and like the anime adaptations and stuff um i really hope i really really do hope we get to see more um shoujo anime adaptations in the future because you know like I said, there's just so much untapped potential there, and I think you could do a lot, um, just as much as the shonen animes have been doing, um, but in like a different angle. So, uh, thank you all for joining us once again as we go on our girl talker rant. Um, I'm Gracie, and um, I'll see you guys all here next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.